Welcome to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. And we're talking tonight about the greatest enemy of your next level, the greatest enemy of your next level. And so I want to, I want to deal with that. And I'm going to start tonight in John chapter two. Uh, and in, remember this in your next level, uh, there's breakthrough, there's healing, there's opportunity, there's open doors, there's freedom, but a lot of people miss out on what God has prepared for them because of what we're going to talk about tonight. And so um, I want to deal with this starting in John chapter 2, and you can turn there with me. Tonight, uh, I'm using the New English Translation uh, Study Bible that we send out to people that stand with us uh, in the ministry. I love this Bible, but if it sounds like a bit of a different translation than you're used to hearing me teach, uh, that's why. But John chapter 2 and verse number 1, listen to this. The Bible says, now on the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the wedding. And when the wine ran out, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no wine left. And Jesus replied, woman, why are you saying this to me? My time has not yet come. And his mother told the servants, whatever he tells you, do it. Whatever he tells you, do it. I want to show you something that when Jesus replied, it's not my time. I love the fact that his mother completely ignored his, uh, you know, rejection of her uh, request, if you will. And she ignored what he said. She said, no, no, I've got faith. This is going to happen. She just started addressing the servants immediately. And the Bible says uh, she turned and told the servants Whatever he tells you, do it. Notice she had so much faith in his word. And this was, by the way, keep in mind, this was his first miracle in the history of his life. Jesus had never yet, and this passage tells us that, Jesus had never yet performed a miracle. This would be his first one. And she, had, she still had so much faith in his word that she said, whatever he tells you to do, do it. Now, verse six says, there were six stone water jars there for Jewish ceremonial washing, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. And Jesus told the servants, fill the water jars with water. So they filled them up to the very top. He said, now draw some out and take it to the head steward. Now, let me stop there. Notice the problem was we've run out of wine. That was the problem. We've run out of wine. What did Jesus do in response to the problem? He said, fill the water pots with water, which makes absolutely no sense. Makes absolutely no sense. But notice he gave them an instruction. So what was he doing? He was engaging his mighty word. His word makes things change. So Jesus gave them an instruction and they immediately obeyed the instruction to fill the pots with water, which that's no problem. They're water pots. They filled them with water. Not a problem. 
But here's where I bet their minds started turning is when he said, now take some of that water out of the pot and bear it to the master of the feast. And I'm, I'm sure they're thinking like, Lord, this, this is water. He's been asking for wine. But notice they didn't say anything back to Jesus. They didn't disagree with him. They didn't look at each other and think this is a crazy thing to do, although it was a crazy thing to do. Because listen, this is not, it's not like this is three years later and Jesus has all of these miracles under his belt. Jesus has all these miracles to back, it, back up his reputation and all that. He had no miracles at this point. So this is, you got to remember, these guys had to have massive faith to believe, you know what, if he's telling us to take the water to the master of the feast, I believe that he, something's going to happen. I just believe it. And Mary had to have faith because no miracles had yet been performed. And so here they, they scoop some of the water out of the water pot. And the Bible says he told them, bear it to the head steward. And they did. They didn't do it. They didn't. First of all, they didn't deliberate. Second of all, they didn't do it the next day or a month from then or next. They did it when he said it. That is powerful. Put that in the comments right now. They did it when he said it. I love that. They did it when he said it. They did it when he said it. And that's a powerful principle that we're going to be dealing with tonight. They did it when he said it. There is something that will keep you from your next level. What is that thing? What is that greatest enemy of your next level? Delayed obedience. They did it when he said it. What is the greatest enemy of your next level? Delayed obedience. Delayed obedience. Delayed obedience. There's nothing worse. There's nothing worse than delayed obedience and thinking that uh, it's still pleasing to God. Because here's really the bottom line, right? Is, and we've said this many times on the broadcast, but get this in your spirit delayed obedience is just disobedience. Delayed obedience is just disobedience. And I've taught this from different perspectives. Tonight, I want to teach it from this one because I've got a few examples here for you. Delayed obedience is just disobedience because I, I often thought of it this way. If you're a parent, if you've ever told a child, go to your room and clean your room, go clean your room. Well, you know how kids are. They're easily distracted. So you might have sent them in 20 minutes ago. Maybe you sent them in an hour ago and you finally go by their room to check on them to see if they've cleaned that room up. And in the midst of their cleaning of the room, they found a toy that they hadn't seen for a while. And somehow the toy distracted them and they just started playing with the toy and got excited about the toy again. But when you look around, the room is still filthy. The room is still filthy. So when you say, hey, I thought I told you to clean your room. You say, oh, I, I, I am, I'm going to, I'm going to. Yeah, but from my perspective, the room's still dirty and I sent you in here an hour ago. I sent you in here 20 minutes ago and the room's still dirty. What have they done? They have delayed to obey the instruction. But from my perspective, it just looks like you didn't do what I told you to do. 
It just looks like rebellion. Well, it doesn't matter if they were planning on obeying me or not. When I come to inspect what I've asked you to do and I find it undone, it just looks to me like disobedience. And I think many times about that when God gives me or anyone an instruction, what if God came to check on me a year later, five years later, 10 years later, and you say, well, Lord, you know, I'm going to do it. I'm, you know, I've got it in my spirit to do. I'm just kind of waiting for things to fall into place. I'm just waiting for things to happen. Lord, I'm just kind of waiting on open doors. I'm just waiting on things to look right. I'm waiting on the right season, Lord. And the Lord looks at that and says, hold on, I told you to do this five years ago and it's still undone. It looks to me like obedient, disobedience. Even if you still had it in your heart to do it, it still looks to me like disobedience. And one of the greatest enemies of your next level, in fact, I think it's the greatest outside of just straight up not believing God, which by the way is a sin, unbelief is a sin. So when I just refuse to obey God's uh, instruction because I didn't believe it, that's a whole nother story because that's unbelief. But I'm talking about, no, you, you believe the word, you know you got an instruction, you know you have a direction, but in the midst of having an instruction and a direction, you just have delayed, 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 delayed to do the thing God's asked you to do. And it's amazing because, uh, and, I'll, and I'll share a testimony with you tonight that'll stir your faith. But, um, you know, when God tells you, remember this, and, and you can write it in your notes and you can write it in the comments. There is a timing with God. Please remember that. There is a timing with God. There is, there actually is divine timing. I know a lot of people think we can just kind of do it whenever we feel like it, but there's a reason that God tells you to do something when he tells you to do it. You know, because God could have told you to do it at any time, but he tells you to do it when he tells you to do it for a reason, right? I think about us. I mean, you know, it's interesting to me. God could have told Carolyn and I to launch Miracle Word Church 10 years ago. He could have done it five years ago, but he didn't. We didn't even have any kind of an inkling that we'd ever be launching a church. He could have told us five years ago, but he didn't. He told us when he told us. But remember this, there's a reason he told us when he told us. And it's God's timing, not ours. God's not building on my vision. I'm building on God's vision. And unless the Lord builds the house, right? They labor in vain that build it. So God could have told us to do, we could have, listen, we launched out in evangelistic ministry in January of 2010. But the Lord could have told us to launch out an evangelistic ministry in 2005, but he didn't, he didn't. In fact, it was way back in 2002 and 2003 that the Lord spoke to me to go on staff with my uncle, Pastor Terry Shuttlesworth, and to assist him as he launched the church in Virginia Beach. Now I knew I was called to be an evangelist since I was five years old. So at the time, the instruction didn't make sense to my natural mind because I thought, well, I'm called to be an evangelist. I'm called to be on the road preaching and in holding revivals and crusades and whatever else. And the Lord said, no, you're to move to Virginia Beach 
and you're to help your uncle, Pastor Terry Shuttlesworth, launch Dominion Christian Center. And I'm sitting there in my natural mind thinking, well, Lord, I don't, I don't understand. I don't get it. Well, guess what? Makes all the sense in the world now, doesn't it? In God's timing. Makes all the sense in the world now that the Lord is having us launch Miracle Word Church. Now it makes sense. See, I didn't know what was coming in the future. God knew. God knew. And he could have told me in 2005 to start evangelizing. He didn't. He had me right in the middle of my purpose, assisting my uncle as he did what God called him to do. Right in the middle of my purpose. And and so I obeyed. And there's a reason for that obedience. And God blessed me for that obedience. God blessed me for that obedience. And then there did come a time when God spoke to me, us another instruction. Uh, he, I, I remember this now. And my uncle, Pastor Terry, when we were in the church years ago, um, he, did a, he preached a series. And this just jumped into my spirit. It's amazing that it did. He preached a series uh, years ago that was entitled Actions, Instructions, and Assignments. Actions, Instructions, and Assignments. Actions, Instructions, and Assignments. And, and he dealt with that. And it's interesting because right in the middle, I knew that there was a calling upon my life for evangelism, but the timing wasn't right because it wasn't in God's timing or else he'd have given me the instruction then. He did not. He told me something different put me in position with an instruction for what? An assignment. That's exactly what he did. He put me by instruction in position to complete an assignment. And then another instruction came. And one of the things I think people end up doing that they shouldn't do is they switch to another thing before God's given them a new instruction. God hasn't told them anything new. And it's a day, let me me help you with this, because we're people, especially in 2023, we are trained with short attention spans. People are always doing a hundred different things. Let me just help you with this. It's a dangerous thing to get bored with your assignment. Please write that down. Please put that in the comments. It is a dangerous thing to become bored with your assignment. The instruction God's given you, the assignment God's given you. It's a dangerous thing to get bored with your assignment. And you do have one. It's a dangerous thing. Why? Let's ask the question then. Let's dig deeper. Why is it a dangerous thing to get bored with your assignment? It's because... The moment you start stepping outside of your assignment, outside of your calling, outside of your purpose, guess what? You go from divine assistance, divine help, divine favor to the place where you have to provide your own resources, your own increase, your own strength, your own wisdom. God said, I never told you to do that. You're doing that in your own strength. You're doing that in your own power, your own anointing. It's not me. I didn't ask for that. God's not required to pay for what he did in order. So when you get bored with your own assignment and start doing other things that God never called you to do, now all the responsibility is on your shoulders and my shoulders to make that thing work. But when you do what God told you to do, it's on him. Glory to God. It's on him. Why? It's his purpose. It's his instruction. It's his vision. We're just being stewards 
of what God's put in our life by instruction. So there are instructions to specific assignments. And everybody's not called to do the same thing. Everybody's, and I thank God for that. I thank God for that. You know, I thank God we're not all called to do the exact same thing. You know what I'm saying? And so, when God gives you yours, stay stirred up. Stay stirred up in your specific assignment. You say, well, how do I, how do I stay stirred up in my assignment until God gives me another one? One of the things people don't do often enough is pray in tongues, pray in the Holy Ghost. Because when you pray in the Holy Spirit, the Bible says that you are edifying yourself or encouraging yourself and you're building up your most holy faith and you stay in that place of being stirred up on fire. And uh, the other thing is people don't get around others that are uh, activating their specific call and iron sharpens iron. They don't do that. A lot of times that's why the devil wants to isolate you. He wants to isolate you and keep you in a place where you're by yourself. You don't fellowship with others. You don't talk to others. You're not seeing what others are doing and it's not encouraging your faith. We're called to encourage one another. That's why I wasn't going to let this 21 day fast go by and, and us not engage with one another. That's why we're on two times a day. Why? Because I want to engage with you. I want to stir your faith. I want to strengthen you. I want to encourage you. Why? We're encouraging one another. And then you're sending in uh, testimonies and prayer requests and you're joining in, you're commenting. We're encouraging one another. We're not going to do these things alone. We're doing them together. Hallelujah. And yeah, that's right. We're the victory tribe, Brian. So we, we do it together because we're called to be together. It's part of our assignment. Well, you hear the testimonies. It stirs your faith. You hear what God's doing, it, you hear the teaching, it stirs your faith. And then as you're being stirred up, I'm sure you can attest to this. I've been like this myself. Um, I, I hear other teachers teach and preachers preach. Man, it stirs my spirit up. There's some preachers I listen to, teachers, that man, when they're done teaching, I feel like I could take the whole world. I feel like I could literally, it's like that scripture says, you could run through a troop or leap over a wall. Man, you get to the place where you feel like you could run through the wall and leap over the troop. You feel in, like, you know what that is? The spirit of faith. That's the gift of faith in action. That gets you in a place where you're ready to just go accomplish what God called you to do. And it's important to have those things. Why? Keeps you from getting bored in your assignment. I don't want to be bored. In my, I've, I've been around those people too. Totally bored with the thing God gave them. They're just over it. You know, they're all looking for something else to do. Well, then, you know, one of the, one of the quickest things you can, you can see about people like that is that they're always looking for secondary things. I need, I, they got three hobbies. They got four side entrepreneur jobs they've put together. You know, it's like, I thought you were supposed to be doing this. Well, you know, we are, we're doing that. Uh, and all, but, but they're bored. They're bored in their assignment. They're bored in their calling and in their instruction. And so... I want to encourage you, don't allow yourself to become bored in your assignment, in your instruction. Hey, Mike and Bobby, love you guys. Good to see you. So don't allow that. So as you're moving forward, uh, know that when God gives you something, stay stirred up in the thing God gave you. Be single-minded, run your race, finish your course, get that thing done. But notice as I'm teaching tonight, do it quickly. Do it quickly. 
You know, it's an interesting thing that even when it doesn't make sense, do it. Even when it doesn't make sense, do it. I was thinking of two of our uh, partners, two of the members of the Victory Tribe. Matt Renzi's in the house. Uh, two of the members of the Victory Tribe that I just talked to uh, today and, uh, and some this week um, are, are moving to West Palm Beach to be a part of the church when it launches. Well, the Lord spoke to him, gave him instruction. Here's what's awesome about it is that they didn't make the choice to move to West Palm Beach because they heard that we were going to launch a church. We hadn't even announced it yet. We had not even announced it yet. And, and they gave us a message. They said, we don't know. We just feel in our spirit. And they were in Ohio. They said, we just feel in our spirit. The Lord's telling us to sell our house and to just move to the West Palm Beach area. Now they, they knew we were down here toward, you know, Fort Lauderdale and uh, Coral Springs, like an hour away. They knew we were down this area, but they said, we don't know. We just feel that we're supposed to sell our place and move to West Palm Beach. Well, Carol and I look at each other. We're just laughing. And we're like, are you serious? God's already drawing people. So we got to tell them, you know, they're, they're like making a major life move. They're selling their house and just moving by a leading of the spirit. I mean, that's the Holy Ghost. Come on, we're spirit led people. We're spirit led people. So I'm like, Carolyn, we got to tell them, you know, we got to tell them. So we call them up like, listen, you may not know this, but you know, this is probably the thing that's in your spirit. And then we told them about that. They told us after that we couldn't even sleep that night. We were so excited about what God was doing. Well, the Lord will lead you, but notice, and they, and, and what's exciting is they got that, they got that instruction. They didn't wait five years to do it. They didn't wait 10 years. In fact, they move into West Palm Beach on Monday. Hallelujah. And I'm excited. I'm, I'm happy they're here. They move into West Palm Beach Monday. They didn't wait five years. They didn't wait 10 years. They did what the Lord told them to do. Did what the Lord told them to do. There's blessing in that. Next levels are accessed that way. Hear what I'm telling you tonight. Next levels are accessed that way. It's so exciting. Because when the Lord, let me tell you why. When the Lord sees that you're a person that he can tell you something and you'll immediately launch into it blindly by faith and obey it. He said, there's somebody I can trust, meaning that's somebody I can bless. Woo, glory to God. He says, okay, here's somebody that when I speak to them, they don't even think about it. They just obey. They obey because they know my voice and they just quickly accomplish that purpose. My Lord, I can bless people like that. And he already has blessings set aside for you. Did you ever think about that? God is, it's like GPS. He's taking you somewhere by the leading of the spirit because he already has blessings set aside for you. Susan Sharkey, she said, if he gives us the green light, I am there. I'm not waiting five years. Amen, Susan. And we'll be excited to have you down with us. But hear what I'm saying. Uh, when the Lord speaks to you, guess what? That thing, it's because there's already blessing waiting on you. Already, it's there. It's there. It's just waiting on you to show up. Just waiting on you to show up. Very exciting. Well, I'm watching this. And the Bible says they've got this water out of the top of the water pot water pot. And the Bible says, and they filled them up to the top. He said, take it to the steward. And they did. And when the steward tasted the water that had been turned into wine, whoo, 
glory to God. Erica said, the Lord already said the same thing to me. Thank God I already live here. Amen, Erica. We are excited. Erica's a part of Miracle Word Church already, and I'm excited. I'm excited that her and her husband are joining us. I'm very excited about it. Well, let me tell you, this is an interesting story, isn't it? Because the Bible says they took the water out and they took it to the head steward. And when he tasted, look at the, look at the verse. And when he tasted the water that had turned to wine, here's the question. When did it turn to wine? When did it turn to wine? You know, when it turned to wine as they were walking to the master of the feast, that's when, not when they drew it out, they drew out water. The Bible says they drew out water and then what they took it to. So as they were walking, glory to God. They didn't say, well, Lord, we're going to wait till you do the miracle. So we don't look like idiots. <laughs> we're going to wait until it actually looks, we're going to wait for it to turn pink and then a little dark purple. And when we get to that nice color in, in the, in the ladle here, then we'll walk it over to the, no, 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 no. They walked water. They walked water over. And as they're walking, that thing's turning. Think about that. Think about that. As they're walking, that substance is turning. As they're walking, the substance is turning. Let me give you something to put in your notes. Write it in John. Listen, write it in the margin of your Bible in John chapter two. Put it in the comments. The miracle is in the move. The miracle is in the move. The miracle is in the move. Say, so what are you what are you talking about? I'm talking about the instruction comes. Yes, it comes. But the miracle didn't come in the instruction. That's it. Billy Leopold's he's in the comments with the word. It didn't come at the instruction. It came in the action. Glory to God. It didn't come in the instruction. It came in the action because the miracle is in the move. The miracles in the move. Praise God. Praise God. I mean, you think about how Peter is in the boat and he said, Lord, if it's really you command me to come unto you. Jesus said, yes, come. And notice it didn't, when Jesus said, come, it didn't pick Peter up in a levitation and take him over the side of the boat and sit him down on the water. Right? Jesus gave the command, gave the instruction, didn't pick Peter up and move him onto the water. He had to step over the side of the boat. He had to get out and do what looked impossible and just quickly obey the instruction and his feet hit the water. And when he made the move, the miracle was in the move. Glory to God. The miracle was in the move. That's how God, that's how God works. That's how God works. That's why it's such a mistake to wait and wait and wait and wait to do what the Lord's asking you to do. And it doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't matter what it is. It's, it's a mistake to wait. And so you've got to do what the Lord asks you to do quickly. He's looking for quick obedience, quick obedience. That's faith. Faith doesn't say, well, we'll see how things pan out. No, no. Quick obedience, quick obedience. I was, I was looking at the story of um, Mark chapter 10, blind Bartimaeus, a passage that I like to preach from. And um, the Bible says as he's, uh, I, I'm, I'm looking at Lilia. Lilia uh, just felt in her spirit. She said, I know I'm supposed to be down there uh, for, to, to, 
not just Miracle Word, but Miracle Word Church. I know I'm supposed to be down there. She didn't wait. You know, and, and what are you, Lilia, what are you, 19 years old? Or have you turned 20? She's like 19 years old. Is she 19 still, Tiff? 19 or 20? Put it in the comments, Lilia. But she just knows I'm supposed to be there. She's in Virginia. But she, she, she's 19. She's in Virginia. She said, no, I know I'm supposed to be there. I'm just going to make the move. I'm just going to make the move. Steps out by faith. She doesn't care. She says, I'm doing what the Lord is asking me to do. The blessing is in the move. It's in the move. And I'm telling you, that's how God works. That's how God operates. He's looking for people that will obey when the instruction comes. With blind Bartimaeus, Mark chapter 10, he calls out to Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me, right? And then as they're literally, as he says that, Jesus stops turns around and says what? Bring that man to me. Well, the people around Bartimaeus say, hey, the master's calling for you to come. 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 The master's calling for you. Come. Notice, he didn't say, well, you know, uh, I'll probably try to get to him sometime tomorrow. I'm going to try to get to the master, um, you know, if, if I could get, probably by the weekend. You know, I know we don't have a lot going on, on the weekend. No, no. The Bible says, and immediately he, I I love this. If you've never seen this, get ready to take a note. He stood up, still blind, still blind, but takes his cloak off and casts it away. If you do some research on this, you'll find that even his cloak defined him as a beggar. His cloak let people know who he was let people know his station, his status. But he's saying, you know what? No, no, no. If I'm going to stand in front of the master, I won't need this cloak anymore. Now watch. He makes this change before the miracle happened, right? Action and obedience first. The miracle's in the move. He stands up. He doesn't say, well, I'll get rid of this cloak after Jesus heals me. Takes it off, casts it to the side. Glory to God. He casts it to the side. Let me read you that. Mark chapter 10, uh, the Bible says that after Jesus stopped, this is verse 49, Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called the blind man, said to him, have courage, get up. He's calling you. Verse 50, he threw off his cloak, jumped up and came to Jesus. He didn't wait to throw off his cloak until after the miracle. He did it when Jesus called. He said, I got so much faith about what's getting ready to happen right now that I'm going to throw off the cloak beforehand. I'm going to make the move beforehand. Stood in the presence of the Lord. And he said, what would you like me to do? He said, Lord, I want my sight back. If he had, remember this now, if he had never cried out, if he had never jumped up, if he had never made the move, there's no miracle happening. There's no miracle happening. The miracle is in quick obedience. That's what God's looking for. The miracle is in quick obedience. This is the greatest enemy of next levels. Hear what I'm telling you tonight. I can't tell you, I've been in the ministry now for coming up on 21 years, 21 years. I've been in the ministry 21 years. And I can tell you of all the things I've seen, This one blows my mind that it never fails 
that the people that are always delaying and pushing breakthrough off to the future, and always, these are the people that always miss out on what God has planned for them. They're always, and then what does that bring? Frustration. Brings frustration. Let me, let me just say this. Uh, when you live a life of delay, you're always going to live a life of frustration. Because you know what it does? It just pushes out to the future what, what God could be doing now. The miracles get pushed out. The breakthroughs, the promotion, the next levels, they get pushed out. Because God needs obedience to his instructions before manifestations can happen. He needs that to take place before miracles happen. We provoke it. We provoke it by obedience to his word, to his word. Amen. And so I've watched. I've watched for 21 years as people have just sat there and delayed and delayed. They're waiting and waiting and waiting for God to open a door, waiting. And God said, no, I just get going. Just run. Just run and watch what I'll do. Just run and watch what will happen. Just run and watch what, watch what breaks loose for you. Just watch what breaks loose for you. And people don't even know. They think that they're doing something crazy. They think, and in the natural, it might look crazy. In the natural, it might, it might not look uh, like you had expected it to look. But I was, if you were a part of the Victory Tribe homecoming weekend that we did uh, in October, you'll know that the Holy Ghost came upon me as I was ministering to people after preaching, and I just started declaring it. Don't get comfortable. Got to be flexible. Don't get comfortable. Got to be flexible. And what do we say at the end? What if God wanted to do it a different way? We kept saying that. What if God wanted to do it a different way? So we, we look at this and we think, well, God's going to do it the way that I envision it. Well, what if he doesn't? What if God wanted to do it a different way? You can't get comfortable in what you've always done. You got to be flexible. Because remember something, we're spirit-led people. Glory to God. We're spirit-led people. So we can't get comfortable. Got to be flexible. What if God wanted to do it a different way? And we kept singing that and saying that and singing that and saying that. And it stuck with us. It stuck with us. And even as, as Ralph and Jenna moved down uh, to, to be a part, they, they left Virginia and came to Florida this year. And, and it didn't look, everything didn't look like they thought it would look. But they said, don't get comfortable. Got to be flexible. And it's just all of it. All of it that's happened for our ministry. We're getting words from the Holy Ghost that's helping us to push forward, knowing God's going to do it. And it may not look like we expected it to look. It may look totally different. It may look totally different. But I don't mind. I don't mind. What if God wanted to do it a different way? You know what? I've come to this conclusion. I'm cool to do it however God wants to do it. I'm cool to do it however God, it's his plan anyway. It's his instruction anyway. I don't care how he does it. I'll just obey his instructions and let him do what he wants to do. And, and here's what'll keep us in that place of doing that. Knowing what the Bible says, Isaiah 55, eight and nine. God said, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So I already know his ways are higher than mine. His thoughts are higher than mine. I've got a limited finite mind until it's attached to the mind of Christ. My own natural mind is limited and finite. 
I can't figure it out. I don't have the answers. I, I can't see the future unless God shows me. No, I don't know any of that, but he knows all of it. He knows where the blessings are. He knows his plan. He knows his purpose. He knows all of it. So why not trust him? Glory to God. Why not trust him? Why not step out in quick obedience and do what he wants us to do? And then watch as the increase hits. Watch as the increase hits. Glory to God. And that's what we're going to see. And you know what we're going to say all year? Do you know what we're going to say all year? We're going to say, it was the Lord's doing, and it's marvelous in our eyes. It was the Lord's doing, and it's marvelous in our eyes. It was the Lord's doing. He's going to get all the credit. He's going to get all the praise and the glory and the honor. Because it's the Lord's doing, and it's marvelous in our eyes. It's going to be our confession all year long. Because the blessings will be so big, nobody will be able to understand it. Nobody, they won't be able to fathom what God's doing. That's right, Erica. Our job is to keep the vision and walk in obedience. That's our only job. Just as, as Kevin said, trust and obey, trust and obey. That's why we sing that song. I'll say, yes, Lord. Yes. To your will and to your way. I'll say, yes, Lord. Yes. I'll trust you and obey. And when your spirit speaks to me with my whole heart, I'll agree. And my answer will be yes, Lord, yes. That's, that's why we say that. It's a song of consecration. Glory to God. It's the Lord's doing. And it's marvelous in our eyes. That's where we're at. So let me encourage you tonight that that's what God's doing. That's what God's doing. And that's a word. I know it's a word, not just for people that are watching live right now, but for people that are watching this replay right now, for people that are listening to this on the podcast right now, this is a word for you. It's been rolling around in my spirit all week long. That's why I texted you today and said, join me. I got a word for you. And this is the word because it's been on me all. And it's funny how God confirms things, not just with his word, but he'll just give you signs. Putting all these conversations in my path this week of people saying the same thing, same thing. Quick obedience. It's better to just quickly obey. I mean, multiple men of God have spoken to me this week and said the same thing said the same thing. And I'm telling you, it's God's word. God's looking for quick obedience. God's looking for quick obedience. I want to take some time at the end of this uh, broadcast tonight and pray. We're in the midst of fasting and prayer. God's opening doors for us. This is day 12 of the fast coming to an end. Uh, I'm telling you, it's amazing that Sunday we finish up two weeks of fasting and Monday we begin the final week of this fast. But I'm praying right now, Father, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. We're so thankful for everything that you're doing, Lord. We're so thankful for your mighty hand that's upon our lives, that's upon our businesses, ministries, and families. We thank you, Lord, that you are holding us by your power and pushing us forward by divine momentum. We thank you, Lord, that not one enemy will be able to keep up with us or catch up with us in 2023. We will outrun our enemies as Elijah did in 1 Kings chapter 18. We thank you that the same anointing that caused him to run ahead of the king's horses and chariot is going to be the same anointing that has us outrun our enemies in 2023. The devil won't be able to catch us. Sickness won't catch up to us. Anxiety and depression won't catch up to us. 
Poverty can't catch up to us. Brokenness can't catch up to us. Addiction can't catch up to us. We thank you, Lord. No issues, no weapons can catch up to us. Our shield of faith quenches and extinguishes every fiery dart of the wicked one. I thank you for that, Lord. I give you praise for that. Every fiery dart is quenched by the shield of faith. And we have the spirit of faith. And so, Lord, we speak. Just like the apostles said, we believe, therefore we speak. We be- so what are we speaking? The word of God. And we thank you, Lord, that as your word goes out of our mouth, it still accomplishes what you send it to do. We thank you that your word never comes back empty or void. It always prospers in the thing that you send it to do. And so we give you honor and glory and praise for that in Jesus' wonderful name. Now, Lord, I'm asking you, as people step out by faith, Lord, there's people that you've already spoken to them to make the move and to come be a part of Miracle Word Church. Lord, I pray that you'd give them the boldness and the urgency to step out and do whatever needs to be done to obey your voice. There are other instructions that you've given your children, Lord. And I pray that this would be something that before the fast comes to an end, whatever delay was there before, we thank you that delay comes to an end tonight in Jesus' name. Give them the boldness and the urgency to quickly obey your instruction. And Lord, we thank you that quick blessings are on the other side of our obedience to your instructions. We thank you, Lord. Blessings are on the other side of quick obedience to your instructions, and we will hold them in our hand in Jesus' name. We thank you that this is a year of transformation for your people, that by the time we get to the end of the year, that nothing will look the same, that you're already moving behind the scenes. You're already doing what no man can do, what no boss can do, what no government can do. We thank you for that. We praise you for that tonight, Lord, because you are great and deserve all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. There's nobody like you. You are alone, God, on your own level. You're alone, God. You're alone, God. There's nobody beside you. There's nobody above you. There's nobody like you. And so we take time to praise you tonight. We take time to worship you and give you all the glory and the honor and praise, not just for what you've done, Lord, but for the things you're getting ready to do. Quick turnarounds, quick blessings, quick healing, quick breakthroughs, quick freedom, quick freedom, quick deliverance, quick restorations. We thank you, Lord. Marriages are being restored children being restored to their parents, quick restorations in Jesus' wonderful name, quick restorations. We thank you. We're giving you so much praise and honor and glory. We know, we know what's coming, but we don't know the fullness of what's coming because you always do exceeding abundantly and above anything that we could ask or think. And so Lord, we thank you and give you praise for this. We're expecting great things. We're expecting great things, Lord. We know this is our time to step up into the next level. Tonight, Lord, I'm praying for those that the enemy has specifically worked against them. We keep getting prayer requests via text message and email and social media. And Father, I'm lifting them up to you. I take authority over these harassments of the devil tonight. 
in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I rebuke it and command it to loose its grip and let go of God's people in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. All of these harassments are coming to an end in Jesus' name. And I don't care how long it's been an obstacle in front of you. I don't care how long it has come against your family. It is quickly coming to an end in Jesus' name. We refuse to put up with the devil's harassment a day longer. And so, Lord, today we put our foot down by faith and say enough is enough. The devil has to cease and desist in his operation against our family. We do not receive it in Jesus' name. Our families are free from every attack of the wicked one. We will not. Though we might fight the battle, we always win the battle in Jesus' name. We're not called to fail. We're called to fight and win. And we declare it. We are not going to be victorious. We are already victorious because of what Jesus did. And we thank you, Lord, for what you inspired Paul to write, 1 Corinthians 15 and 57. Thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so, Lord, tonight we're thanking you. We're praising you for what's about to take place. Lord, I pray for your ministers around the world, those that are standing in the gap for your people and for your kingdom. I pray that you would strengthen your ministers by the power of your spirit. Those that felt like giving up, I pray you give them a fresh fire in Jesus' name. Those that felt like throwing in the towel, let them have a fresh push momentum in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you that your spirit is renewing and refreshing them. Lord, send angels to minister to them. Just as angels ministered to you, Jesus, after you fasted and you prayed, I pray you'd send angels, ministering spirits, to minister to those men and women of God that have felt like giving up, felt like throwing in the towel, felt so discouraged by the spirit of this world. We thank you, Lord. Discouragement will not destroy their ministries and their families and their lives. A fresh wind blows from heaven, touching your people in Jesus' mighty name. Oh, a fresh wind blown from heaven revives your churches, revives your ministers. We thank you. Revives your people. And I pray that you'd blow your breath on America, Lord, and blow revival through the 50 states and minor outlying territories in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you, though the devil thought he had this nation. His plan is thwarted by the power of the Holy Ghost. As long as there is a strong body of Christ on the earth, we have dominion. We thank you that we are the, the uh, hinderer, the one who is holding back the restrainer that is holding back the Antichrist and the spirit of Antichrist from taking full control. We declare that as long as we're here, the devil cannot do what he wants to do. We are salt and we are light in Jesus' name. We are salt and we are light by the power of the Holy Ghost. And so we declare churches are exploding this year with new souls. We thank you. Churches are, are going to have the problem of too many to disciple. We thank you, Lord. There'll be an overflow of harvest of souls coming in. Too many to disciple. Too many. We thank you, Lord. They're coming in from every direction. And we'll do our very best to steward the harvest that you give to us in Jesus' wonderful name. We thank you for that. We praise you for that. By the power of your Holy Spirit, we will see it done. And we thank you and we give you glory 
in Jesus' name. Now, I pray for your people that are watching live, replay, listening on the podcast. I pray that you'd strengthen them tonight. Strengthen them on this fast. Strengthen them during this fast. I pray, Lord, that you'd give them, a, a as we get ready, we're in the second half of this fast and prayer. I pray you give them a fresh strength as we step into this second half of fasting and prayer. I pray, Lord, you give them a fresh hunger for your word. Give them a fresh hunger for your spirit. Give us a desire to pray. Give us a desire to read your word. Give us a desire to listen to preaching and teaching. Give us a desire to reach souls. Give us a desire to push the kingdom forward in Jesus' name. Lord, give us a hatred for what you hate. Give us a hatred for wickedness, a hatred for the things that oppose you and oppose your word and oppose your plan for the earth. And let, as David said uh, regarding Goliath, let us hate it with a perfect hatred in Jesus' name. And we thank you for that. We give you praise and glory in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.